Hello and welcome to the Liverpool Way podcast. The Reds cruise through to the semi-finals of the League Cup with a 5-1 win against an absolutely abject West Ham side at Anfield. Goals from Soboslai, Gakpo, Salah and a brilliant brace from Curtis Jones sealed the wins against Moyes, Jekyll and Hyde Hammers who really shouldn't have bothered making the trip north. This effective practice match gave the Reds a great opportunity to regain their sharpness in front of the goal ahead of the big game against Arsenal which we'll be previewing later. I'm Chris Smith and I'm joined by TLW editor Dave Usher who put in more of a shift than West Ham while walking the entire Anfield postcode to get his chips on Sunday. And after impressing in Europa League action, John Brennan gets a well-earned call-up for for a domestic game. Can he keep his place for the semi-final against Chelsea? Dave, that's easy. Yeah, it was. And you're right there as well. I think I definitely covered more distance than West Ham's midfielders tonight. I mean, we we were really good. And I thought we were really good right from the start. Uh, The the football was good, but it was the intensity. You know, we did everything like a lot quicker. Uh, Off the ball, we were really good, you know, hunting in packs, winning the ball back. And I think that's probably what just West Ham just didn't fancy it. Like the way we started the game, it was like they just didn't really have anything to respond with. Um, mm-hmm. I know they made changes, but so did we. And, you know, we're, we're coming off like that game at the weekend. We're not in great form. Like West Ham, as you said, Jekyll and I, you never know what you're going to get from them. Like they're, I think they're eighth in the table, so they're doing all right. They've done well in Europe, but I think I beat like 5-0 or 5-1 by Fulham last week. And, yeah, they're just uh, a really strange team. Because I thought like when we beat them at Anfield in the league, I was really impressed with them. I thought they, they played really well that day. And I was like, we've mm-hmm. had to play really well today to beat them because they're a good side. And then tonight, I mean, yeah, we've played well, but they were so, so bad. Like, just the, the nature of it. Like, and I know Curtis' second goal, it's a really good goal. I'm not taking anything away from him. But you look at that and then... You're also seeing Joe Gomez running 60 yards from inside his own half, like just unopposed all the way into the box and getting a shot mm-hmm. in. And you're like, that, that doesn't happen. You know, we shouldn't be allowed to be doing it that easily. Um, but, you know, you can only beat what's in front of you. And we were really good tonight. There's loads of positives, um, which, you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll get to individual performances. But obviously, Curtis stands out. But once again, I also want to mention Endo. I thought, like, while he was on the pitch, he looked really good, just mm-hmm. in an understated way. He, he, he's now looking like what I thought we were going to get, like, when we signed him. I wasn't expecting a world beater, but I thought, yeah, the, he's, he's competent. He's going to come in. He's going to be clever. He's experienced. He, like, he knows where he needs to be on the pitch. Yeah. He'll be decent on the ball. And now he is actually showing all of that. Like, as I thought, he's man of the match against United. Really good again tonight. Uh, nice to see him like settling in, finding his feet. But yeah, there's positives all over the park. Quantz has had another good game. Costas, he's in good form. Um, Gakpo's come in, got a goal. Harvey, I thought Harvey was really good tonight as well. So oh, yeah. yeah, he was everywhere, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was. Basically, he almost had like a free roll tonight. He just really went wherever good. he wanted to and caused havoc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's loads of positives. The only, the only negative, I. Especially for me, is my boy didn't get his goal, which he deserved because he was another one who played well tonight. So, yeah, maybe he's saving it for Saturday, but I have been saving that so. for like fucking weeks now. So. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like those people who do all their Christmas shopping in September and uh, <laughs> it just goes away for like three months, and then uh, you know it's Christmas before you before you get to enjoy it. Um, 
John, as Dave said there, there was plenty to enjoy about tonight. Um, what pleased you the most? Yeah, so anything we say about tonight obviously comes with the proviso that, you know, West Ham were absolutely abysmal, as, as you've both said. Uh, I think 6,000 of their fans travelled up tonight, so you'd be absolutely fuming if uh, yeah. you hadn't made that trip. They probably, you know, got off work uh, at midday or didn't go to work. They'd get back at 4 or 5 in the morning. So it was just, uh, Chris, you said it earlier in the, in the chat, they treated like, a, or on Twitter, treated this game like a testimonial. It's just so easy for us. Yeah. But at the same time... Those lads are probably like, uh, yeah. you know, 100 quid light for doing that. And if yeah, if, you know, if, the, if it's a family or, they, you know, they brought their kids and stuff, it's close to Christmas week. It's Christmas week, basically. Yeah. Like... Having that's a fucking disgrace. Anyway, go ahead. No, yeah, it's, it's a slap in the face to the fans, and I, I, I kind of don't get their, um, well, Moise's attitude to this competition. I mean, it's quarter final. Yeah. Uh, they've done well against us at Hanfield already, uh, earlier in the season. They're decent when they, you know, Jekyll and Hyde is is the right expression, and when they're, uh, when they're good, they can be uh, really uh, handy. And uh, just to go, even with a weekend team, uh, why would you do that? You know, they're not going to challenge for top four. They're going to be mid-table. Yeah. They're no danger of relegation, obviously. Uh, they've won the trophy last season. This is their best chance probably getting the trophy this season. Uh, obviously, they could go well in the FA Cup as well. But uh, you're in a quarterfinal. You have, you have a chance. You're a game, two games away from uh, Wembley if you win. It's it's just and strange. Who's left in it as well? You look at the yeah, teams left yeah. in. If they got past us, yeah, it opens up, doesn't it? They have every chance. So arguably, you could say they're the best team left in it if they beat us tonight. League table, the table, anyway. yeah, yeah. It, it and the the other thing with that as well, like, I totally agree what you're saying there, John, about the fans and everything else. I I just heard like a few of them on the radio on on the way home, and like they were not happy at all. And it's totally right. Like their argument is, we should be resting players against Man United at the weekend or last week against Wolves, and this game should have been like the priority where they put the best team out. And mm-hmm. I, I've said this like for years. I don't understand like teams' attitude to it. Like the, the likes of Everton always like rest players in in the cup. I'm like, okay, when they're in a relegation battle, you sort of understand it. But all them years when they were just nothing, just like mid table, they were never going to do anything. Why are they not going balls out to win these cups? And West Ham are in that exact position. They're in Europe this year, but they're not in the, the Conference League anymore. You know, they're in the Europa League, so they'd have to get past us probably, as well as like other teams who are probably better than them. And mm-hmm. I just don't know. I don't understand the mentality why you wouldn't just go for it tonight. And I was watching it again, obviously on French TV, and it was funny because the commentator said that uh, uh, West Ham had never won the League Cup. This was before we scored, and you. Know, they, they had a chance of getting to semi-final and then he kind of went through their history and he said well they've never won the uh, league either and I was thinking to myself yeah but they did win the World Cup in 1966 yeah the big one <laughs> the yeah. big one yeah. but uh, no Chris <laughs> yeah. the last time they won at Anfield they had two world, well soon to be World Cup winners in the team as well like Martin Peters and Jeff Hurst played for yeah, them in 63 yeah, and that was their last win at Anfield other than the, that Lovren-a-thon under <laughs> yeah. Rogers in they showed that before the game. They yeah. soon showed the goal. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, you know, all like these flashbacks. I was like, oh, there's Lovren. I was like, oh my God, there's all Bears on Moreno. I was like, and Skirtle as well. Like, were they all playing? What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> he, he's uh, he's trending on French Twitter tonight for some reason, Lovren. 
Uh, he's probably made some outlandish statement about yeah, vaccines or something. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Chris, as as you see, uh, you can only beat us in front here, and I was really impressed uh, tonight. We've been on the last few months uh, on the Europa League podcast and saying that it's it was the right competition for us. It, it allowed us to do loads of things like a uh, rotation, um, so keeping players fresh and also giving a, an opportunity to, to younger players. And I think the League Cup has been kind of like that. Uh, I didn't, uh, I mean, tonight he, he went pretty strong. Uh, when I saw the team, I was surprised that Virgil was starting. Um, but when you look at the bench, you still have Mo who gets the rest, Canati, uh, Diaz, um, and then obviously uh, Trent. And then the changes he made during the game, uh, you get uh, Endo off. He's obviously thinking of Saturday, uh, getting him off after about an hour. Um, who else came off? Uh, well, uh, Virgil came off as well uh, on the hour mark. Um, Keller obviously, you know, gets his game as well. He's going to probably play in the semi final as well because it's his competition. Um, and all around, just a, a a perfect night. Apart from, I would say. Uh, uh, Darwin not getting his goal. I think he deserved it and mm-hmm. he needs a goal. Uh, but uh, it's good to see uh, the forwards back in, in, in the goals as well. Obviously, uh, Mo yeah. and uh, Gakpo. So we're, we're up to. You're going to give us the tally? Yeah, I'm going to give it the tally. Uh, <laughs> we're on 42 uh, for the season between the five lads, which is exceptional considering as well that uh, uh, Jota's been out for a few games now. So 42 in uh, uh, 26 games. Uh, we need to get that ratio back up again yeah, we, starting we, on Saturday. Yeah, we need we to do. get back to, to a game. Yeah, definitely. And uh, that's 42. And we've scored, in fairness, I, I mean, everybody's kind of pinpointed the the lack of goals from the front five in the last few games, which is fair enough. But uh, the other uh, players, whether it's defenders uh, or midfielders, have stepped up and kind of... Uh, kept us ticking over and we're up to mm-hmm. 63 goals now in 26 games which is I've said this before I think we'll go over 110 maybe 120 goals this season and if we do that if we keep up that ratio I think we could be uh, we could be in contention for all four trophies uh, come uh, well uh, the, the League Cup is obviously earlier in the season but by April May if we're keeping up that ratio we have a great chance so, yep, to sum up, uh, great night, no injuries, uh, plenty of rotation and uh, p- plenty of competitions uh, for places as well. P- uh, Trent, um, Curtis, sorry, and yeah. uh, Harvey have definitely put their hand up for, for a start uh, yeah. at the weekend, I'd say. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think we needed a performance tonight like that from Curtis Dave in particular. Um, yeah. He started the season really, really well. Um, he looked like he was going to be first choice. And then he got injured and there was a suspension after the ludicrous Tottenham sending off and Graven Birch initially did well, but has sort of um, dropped off a little bit in recent games as a sob slide and stuff. But, you know, obviously Curtis plays in, in Graven Birch's position. So uh, in my mind, after a performance like that, energetic, he was beating players with pace. It was sort of uh, a nice solid mixture of the the old Curtis where he had that flair and you didn't say choir about him uh, mixed in with the, you know, the, as Paul calls him, the press monster and the pragmatic possession-based passing. Really good performance from him, man of the match, I thought, obviously with the two goals. And um, I'd be really keen to see him start in that sort of left-sided inside midfield 
role on on Saturday. What do you reckon? Definitely, yeah. He was even like um, clearing corners, he was like heading corners away and everything tonight. It was just an absolute all round masterclass from him. Just a brilliant performance. <clears throat> don't think he gave the ball away once. I don't remember him losing the ball at all. Just yeah. Well, the thing is. We know he's not looked great lately since he's come back. It's like his rhythm got interrupted and it, it definitely like just knocked him back a little bit because he was flying. And hopefully this is the game that gets him back on track now. And we're a much better team when he's in it, I think. You know, the other midfielders, mm. yeah, they've all got different qualities. Gravenberg's done some great things in flashes. I just think the balance of the team is much better when Curtis is in it and playing well. Um so looking forward to the weekends you know he's got to play and Harvey's mm-hmm. the one Harvey deserves to play as well but he's going to be on the bench again and I'm okay with that mm-hmm. because we know he, he's a game changer so if he goes back to the bench for Saturday that's fine but it, he's he's shown tonight it's like yeah I'm not just a sub you know I can do it from the start because he did he was outstanding the whole game even right yeah. at the end he was still chasing everything and still looked like full of energy so yeah those two both deserve to start, but I think only one of them will, and it will be Curtis. Uh, but yeah, tonight he's outstanding. Couple of goals, um, lots of like good things from him. Lots of good things from Harvey. Dom did some good things as well. Hopefully, the goal gives him a boost. Um, so yeah, just great all, finish all that. Positives. By the way, we might as yeah, well get onto those, that now. Like one of those weird strikes that like not many players can do. Like you know, right. they, they said on commentary it was like the Ronaldo strike, and yeah, it it is like, but. Um, just like dead straight, wasn't it? But just that bit of like weird mm-hmm. dip. And like normally, I'd be looking at my keeper and saying, oh, "I don't know whether you should be getting beef from there." But I don't think there's anything he can do about that. Just the strike so pure. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And plus the way it like you know dips right in front of him as well. Yeah. <laughs> the way they strike those, fuck knows how they do it. Like you, you see like YouTube videos or Instagram videos of like you know the kids are spending hours trying to. Pers- perfect that now aren't they because they've seen Ronaldo do it and whatever but and Sobosly was probably one of them to be honest bear in mind he's only like 22 23 and Ronaldo has been doing that for like 10-15 years so uh, yeah just a fantastic strike and as you say um, it's been a bit of a a fall for him in the last few weeks considering just how magnificently he started his Liverpool career perhaps this was inevitable a little bit but um yeah, that's that's great news to see him back on the score sheet tonight and um, really, really contributing as well. Um, and what about Curtis's uh, goals as well, John? It's good to see him adding goals to his game. Um, I've always thought he could have been a really good option for us in the false nine, sort of where Gakpo plays in Bobby's position. It, it's never happened one time, so I assume nobody else has seen that possibility. But... Um, you know, two good finishes from him in tonight, largely on the You're just a visionary, Chris. You know, if, if maybe Clough <laughs> I'm or, a visionary on this. Yeah, if Clough or Linders had seen it, maybe his career yeah. had pan out differently. Yeah. Yeah, no. But, um, but John, yeah, largely unopposed, went through largely unopposed on both occasions, but you still got to put the ball in the net as well. Ahem, <clears throat> Darwin. Ahem. <clears throat> so, oh, um, come on. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. Go Curtis. Yeah, big time. Just to go back to the pod uh, you did after the United game, obviously everybody was probably tired and a bit miserable because we expected to uh, probably win that. And, uh, you know, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> In the bin. Uh, it, it was... No, that was an email. Oh, it was it? Yeah. Uh, it? It wasn't a great day on Sunday. But Dave did say something. I know yourself and uh, Jules, uh, Chris, were probably... 
despondent and didn't care much about the game. Obviously, uh, tonight um, on Sunday evening, Dave did say mm-hmm. something that I, I agreed with, uh, that um, we needed to play uh, these players, to play them back into form. And I think that definitely... Um, was helped tonight by West Ham's athletic performance. But for uh, Dom, as you just said, getting that goal should uh, set him back up for the next uh, couple of weeks, uh, give him a bit of confidence. And I thought even those who... Uh, Darwin didn't score, but I thought he played really well. Uh, Gakpo, he's been out of sorts uh, of late, but uh, through the middle, he, he did well, I thought, as well. Obviously got his goal. You actually flagged it up on... Uh, uh, Sunday as well, uh, Chris, that you said he needed five or six games through the middle to get a chance. And I mean, that's his first game tonight and he's got his goal. And Mo has come on and uh, got back on, uh, you know, got back scoring. He's, he, he hasn't been out of form that much, but he, he kind of probably needed a goal as well. So uh, I just think wanted to make uh, that point that it was important uh to, to play a strong team tonight and uh, just to g- give him a bit of uh, rhythm uh, uh, before the uh, Arsenal game. As for Curtis, uh, completely agree with uh, what you boys uh, have said, uh, has to start on uh, on a Saturday against Arsenal in, in that left uh, midfield road. He was just so good tonight. Technically, he's obviously really good. Uh, he's got a couple of goals. Uh, this, his second goal is... It's great, but he is. They've made it so easy for him. I think he's done really well for the uh, his first goal because he uh, he's linked up really well with Darwin, uh, who's put him through with a great pass, mm-hmm. a proper assist, and he's yeah. he's ahead of the play. Uh, he looks up. There's nobody there, and he, he just uh, makes the uh, makes the keeper, doesn't he? So yeah, he's he's had a great night and uh, fully deserves to to start and. I think only for the injury uh, worries he's he's had, and obviously this season, um, that scandalous uh, three match uh, suspension, which basically took him out of action <laughs> yeah. for five. For his foot, you get three match ban for your foot rolling across. Yeah, the and uh, I mean the way it worked, Disgusting. the way it worked yeah. with the international break. I think he was out of Premier League action for about five or six weeks. Yeah, and, it was over yeah. a month. Yeah, definitely, definitely a yeah. month. And uh, he's he's just eased himself back in probably since the uh, last international break, so mid to late November. And I think he's going to come uh, really really strong for us in the in, in the second half mm-hmm. of the season. And um, f- for Sunday, it's uh, it's uh, a no brainer for me. The the the, mid, the middle of the park will be uh, Endo and uh, Dom and. Uh, Curtis, that's that's the way I'd go, and, yeah. and that's based on, in a sense, uh, availability concerns because Maka is obviously out uh, with the injury. Gravenberg is he is, there? It, yeah, yeah, Wilma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, Grav- said New Year. Um, yeah, definitely into the New Year, but he didn't rule him out of the game on New Year's Day. Is it? Is that Newcastle? Newcastle at home. Yeah, he he didn't totally rule him out of that, but he said he yeah. won't be back until the New Year. Okay. Yeah, and, and Gravenberg got uh, that uh, knock at the weekend. He's okay, he? though. He's okay. But I, to be honest, yeah. I wouldn't think, you know, uh, I don't, wouldn't think Alexis would be playing over Christmas anyway because he'd be helping his brother set up the, <laughs> you know, set up the house for the inevitable burglary. <laughs> so <laughs> It's never, ever going to get old for no, me that, that his name's Kevin McAllister. It fucking rules. 
<laughs> yeah, so you know that that has to be the midfield on uh, on Sunday and or on Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, definitely. And it's not just based on availability; it's based on the the three lads' performances in the last uh, few weeks. Endo mm-hmm. definitely deserves to start in that uh, uh, holding uh, role. And uh, Dom, okay, he he's been poor, but I I think he's built he's built up enough credit since the start of the season to to Big start. Time. And obviously. Uh, uh, Curtis has has had a great night tonight, so yeah, I'd be definitely happy with that midfield on a, on Saturday evening. Yeah. Should we just talk Dave. about Dom for a minute? Just because you know, I just want to go back to something you said before, mm-hmm. Chris. You know about his form recently. A lot of people put that down to like, oh, we've overplayed and he's played too much football, and now it's catching up with him. When you actually look at it, we probably haven't because he has had like games where we've rested him. It's not like he's just been playing all the time. So I, I don't necessarily think that is why. And initially, I thought it's probably why his form's gone. I don't necessarily think it is that. I think it's just maybe, you know, mm. form. It comes and goes. Well, there's been, it? it does. But, and there's also been a lot of conjecture over the weekend because, I mean, because we didn't smash Manchester, you know, this is the levels we're at now, but because we didn't smash Manchester United at the weekend, there's been a bunch of inquests about form and players and team selection and the atmosphere in the stadium. We'll get onto that later as well because Klopp's had a go tonight and he's been quite strong with it. But, um, you know, somebody questioned whether Trent is in the inverted role. Conor Gleeson um, on, on Twitter asked us whether Trent in the inverted role has affected some of form because, you know, he's... Um, he suggested that hasn't been the case when Trent's out of the team. So, you know, what do you reckon? Do you think like having Graven Birch in that in that left side, which somebody suggested based on some kind of stat that Sobislay hasn't created many chances when um, Graven Birch is in the team and Trent's occupying maybe similar spaces? Like, do you think that's a factor, or do you, do you think be, it is yeah. just form? It, it could be. I, I don't really know enough tactically to really mm-hmm. say that, but. Uh, I, I think it's mostly form, but, say, the, but you've also got to like wonder well what factors into that. You know, some little thing can affect form in a negative way. So maybe that, that has got something to do with it. As for like the whole him and Gravenberg thing, well, he put one on a plate for Gravenberg, remember? And he hit the mm-hmm. bar from like two yeah. yards out. Can't remember. Was it Wolves? I can't remember what. It was an away game anyway, and he Dom's like raced down the right, whipped the ball across, and you know so. Uh, he has created that chance at least, but um, I don't necessarily think it's anything to do with when Gravenberg plays. That might just be one of those little weird statistical anomalies. I, I don't think, think so. it's a big enough sample size, really. Yeah. Uh, the Trent thing, maybe, but then I think back to that Forest game, that which was probably Dom's last good game prior to tonight, um, and you know Trent was playing in that game, wasn't he? And Dom was running riot down yeah. that right hand side, like him and Mo. He was going on the overlaps, and Mo was was playing him in. So I don't know. I just think maybe lost a bit of form. But the only thing that doesn't really add up is if he was in such bad form, how come he was phenomenal when he went went away with his country? Yeah, because he really. I think he's off the leash with his country, isn't he? He's, yeah. he's still learning the system with us. He's still playing. I think eventually he'll be the main man for us. Yeah. Like he's still so young, and he's got so much I of his think career ahead. So, yeah ahead of him as well yeah. but you know there's so much discipline that is required playing in a Liverpool midfield even you know in this sort of new midfield where the lads have a little bit more freedom than Genie, Fabinho and Hendo and Milner ever did so um, and he, but he's, so done, yeah, he's we'll still see. doing that side of it 
He's still yeah. been really good on the defensive side of it for me. I've not noticed like any drop off there. He still yeah. like gets his foot in. He's like he's he's winning the ball back, making interceptions. He just hasn't had the the impact going forward that he did yeah. at the start of the yeah. season. Yeah. I think you know that analogy that somebody made um, earlier in the season where like he looked like Emre Chan with superpowers. Yeah. Like in the last few games, he's just before tonight. He's looked. He just looked a little bit more like Emery Chan, and yeah. <laughs> like that's yeah. fine. The superpowers can come and go. Probably his form, but but yeah. Um, uh, so, Chris, John, should we have a little bit? Yeah, sorry. Can, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, can I just address the the whole trend and the inverted midfield role? And it's the elephant in the room. And I'm probably going to get. Um, uh, 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 um, Slack. The elephant in the room is Reese James, by the way. Yeah, I'm probably going to get some uh, Sorry, go uh, ahead. pushback on this. But, I mean, uh, the the hallmark of uh, club uh, teams over the years has been, uh, since, since he's been with us, has been uh, 4-3-3 uh, with um, a strong spine. Obviously, Allison is still there. Virgil is still there. The midfield has changed because Fabinho is gone. Um, Endo's in that role now, or maybe um, uh, McAllister depends. And then a focal point up front, it, it was Bobby for years. Um, and the, then you had those two midfielders, uh, Genie and Hendo, uh, pushing on. That could be uh, Dom uh, and uh, maybe Curtis now. And the, the flair... And the creativity always came from the flanks. So you had uh, Sadio and Mo who were uh, lethal for uh, four or five years. And obviously the overlapping uh, fullbacks, Trent and uh, Andy. And I mean, if it ain't broke, uh, don't fix it. And the thing with Trent is that uh, this inverted role is giving us nothing extra in uh, in terms of uh, uh, at attack, uh, attack-minded uh, possibilities, um, if anything, it's making us look uh, more awkward. I think Jules used the the adjective at the weekend that we're stodgy up front. Everybody just seems to be getting in, in each other's way. There's no width. Uh, you're trying to play through the middle. Uh, Dave mentioned it as well in the pod on. Uh, uh, Sunday, these kind of crosses in between two big centre backs, and I just don't see the added value of Trent in this uh, inverted uh, uh, midfield role. Uh, he's obviously going to start uh, every game because he's our vice captain and he's a fantastic footballer. But just uh, put him in the middle of the park, play Joe Gomez. Uh, right back who's been fantastic this season he's yeah, yeah. so versatile he's played center back tonight he played in two positions uh bradley and he's great in both, yeah, and, he's great in both. Yeah. and he's 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 become what we need hasn't yeah, he he's, exactly he's adjusted his game to become what yeah we need and that's all you can ask yeah from I, a player that he will he'll buy in like in perhaps in a way that trent hasn't i don't want to be ripping on trent yeah, on, but like yeah. you know he's he's made himself the player he needs to be to be uh, effective and helpful for the team. Exactly, and, you know, perhaps Chris. we shouldn't dwell on this too much tonight because we've, we've yeah. won five, one at home and we're in the semi-final yeah, of the cup. But, of course. You know, the, the question, the question is, 
the question from Connor was that is Trent playing the inverted right back affecting Soberslice form? And if the answer to that is yes, and if you feel like Trent isn't giving us more in midfield than uh, we would get from him at right back, yes. it's, a, it's significant because you're because then you're affecting like two people rather than one. Yeah, so yeah. it is it is like a, it is like a really really good question. I don't. I, I'm going to see you know, maybe. Like, yeah. I wouldn't rule it out, but I don't know enough yeah. to see definitely. But I think it's definitely with a maybe, isn't it? But by the same token, we've been like, I, I think we need to find what the solution is for Trent. And if it is this new system with him in inverted fullback and it, it does work, that will be played out over the course of the season, of course. Um, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm bored of the Trent discussion about where he's going to play. Like, I'm bored about the discussion about whether he can defend or not and whether that's a huge problem for him. Like, he's a world-class player. He's, he's fucking tremendous. Like, we're, we're lucky to have him. And... Um, and yeah, you know, yeah, just figure uh, it out. Figure, figure it out. out. <laughs> right. yeah, it's, not, exactly. it's not our job, yeah. is it? Like, just, <laughs> no. just figure it out. Just right. Sort exactly. It out. And I have confidence that they will do as well. Yeah. Mm. So, um, just coming back to the game um, for a bit. The, the first half until we scored, uh, and we've 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 talked about the goal a little bit already. Uh, we had loads of possession. Pressing was good, uh, but a lot of our threat was outside the box. Like Harvey had a few breaks. You know, a couple of a couple of efforts. Um, Darwin was offside a couple of times um, in in good positions, uh, and then I you know I was complaining about the fact that all the shots were coming from out the bo- outside the box, and then we score from one from twenty five yards. So effectively, yeah. Slay was like, "Shut the fuck up, Chris." And then um, just before half time, there was a I think ten minutes before the break, there was a situation where like Gomez was like he had an opportunity to be clear played like clear through on goal and the pass was just a little bit over here and you could see his frustration but then a couple of minutes later we realised like what would have happened if, um, <laughs> if if Gomez had have been cleaned through because he was set up nicely by Gakpo on the edge of the area just and he whiff. just completely yeah he just whiffed <laughs> yeah. it on the volley so <laughs> the way goes on for the goal and the only other thing that I have in my notes from the, the first half apart from just West Ham's just a complete apathy to playing in this cup quarter final um, is uh, there was a shot of Moyes on the touchline Dave in that little and he tiny had, he, hat yeah he looked like fucking step toe <laughs> didn't he on, yeah what was going on there <laughs> He's quietly, very quietly, become an old man in front of our yeah. very, very eyes, doesn't he? Because that was sixty. That was a pure old nine man, years older than old you. man hat. It's like just give me that yeah. money hat. Don't care what it looks like. Don't care that it doesn't fit me. I'm cold. I'm sticking it on. Yeah. I, I thought he because it was like three sizes too small, wasn't it? I, yeah. I, I thought he looked like the burglars in Home Alone. <laughs> yeah, it just looked weird. Yeah. He took it off in the second half. Like someone must yeah. have said to him, "Look, it looks ridiculous. Take it off." <laughs> <laughs> but he's um yeah he's he's only 60 but he looks kind of like a little bit like he's he's lived a life doesn't he now yeah, he's he looks and... like he's been in the bath too long <laughs> Do you know what I mean like you look at his face and he he does he just he looks like he looks like mm-hmm. you, you know when like your hands are wet and like your fingers are all yep. like, crinkled his face looks like that so he's, it does. Yeah, he does. He looks. He looks, he looks like he's managed uh, the Blues and United for ten years. Well, yeah. <laughs> Once Everton touches, yeah, touches, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, it. You know, I was going to say it's been a long time, twenty-one years or so since he turned up at Everton all French, all fucking fresh face with his big, with his nice tight ginger curls, yeah. talking about People's Club. And I thought about when that was, Dave, and I realised <laughs> I, I seem to remember us being on a train somewhere when the news came through that Everton had got Moyes and we were it was the day after we 
played Barcelona in the European Cup in the group stage, I think it was. And we were on that seven-hour train back to Madrid. And this was before, like, social media and Twitter and everything. So we'd got, like, texts. We were getting texts that were coming through that said, oh, Everton have announced Moises' manager. He's he's done a press conference. And he's referred to them as the People's Club. It's just, like, a weird little flashback to, like, a sort of maybe, like, a more pure era where you get news via, like, text message or teletext or something like that. um, Some memory you've got remembering that. I didn't. I looked up at the date that he was um, announced as manager at Everton. It was um, March the 13th, um, 2002. I looked it up March 14th, 2002, and I looked up our fixtures from the time because I had that seemed, had that memory of being with you at the time. And, yeah, it was the day after we played Barcelona. So oh, what that, that's e- where the memory comes from. trip that one was. Yeah, well, it's good. It's it? can't, <laughs> we can't get into too many details no. about that one. So Maybe some of those some... stories are never going <laughs> yeah. to hit yeah. the air. Old, yeah, like old readers of the fanzine. Like, if you have some fanzines from 2002, you can look those up. But I'm <laughs> certainly not going to go into detail on any of that stuff. Uh, yeah, so um, we had a great chance just before half-time for Gakpo to get his goal. Heads wide, should have scored. Um, and then... Um, half time comes and then the second half is just I, I, I expected Moyes to make some changes at half time Johnny adds like um, Paletta not Paletta what's his name Paquetta Paquetta yeah. Paquetta Paquetta and they had um, James Ward-Price on the bench as well and you know obviously if you've got Ward-Price on the team you've always got a chance because yeah free kick anywhere 30 yards from goal and it's a really good opportunity to score so I was surprised he didn't make some changes um, and you know, three minutes into the half, it, it, it's 2-0. And, and from that point on, it's pretty much game over. Yes, it's a procession from then on. It's in a, uh, I mean, he had a really decent bench as well. Uh, so given their first half, half performance and the fact that they have 6,000 fans there, uh, who probably fuming, you'd think he'd just bring his bench um, in, in the second half. Yeah, they were yeah. better in the second half, but they couldn't have been any worse than they were. Uh, in the first half, and then were they better? I mm. think they scored, but I think mm. they were worse. You reckon? Yeah, I think. They, well, I'm saying that I think they just gave up. Yeah, yeah. All their defensive discipline just, yeah. just. Yeah. At least they kept it kind of restricted us to a couple of chances in the first half. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and at least kept a pretty solid yeah. backline. But in the second half, they just fucking. Yeah, they gave up. Mm. You can subscribe to the Liverpool Way podcast on all the major platforms, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon or Podbean. Just search for the Liverpool Way, leave us a review and hit subscribe to automatically receive all new episodes. You can also head to liverpoolway.co.uk and grab a TLW season ticket for just £3 a month. There's tons of exclusive content, including match reports from every Liverpool game, weekly Premier League roundups, the TLW diary and access to the members only forum. Lastly, you can follow us on social media at the Liverpool Way on Twitter and at the Liverpool Way TLW on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, even Curtis the second goal. I think I counted. Uh, there are seven of them back uh, behind the ball, six or seven, and they just didn't tackle. They just basically let him uh, run through, didn't they? And. Um, uh, yeah, it was it was abject from them, but uh, from the watch the, it back, John, and watch Agbona at the end. Watch yeah. what he does the way he just sticks a leg out. Yeah, so that's yeah. that's the one. laziest yeah. bit of defending you'll ever see. Yeah, it I was saw just that. someone who's like, yeah, fuck this, yeah. can't be honest. 
Uh, Curtis like sends him for the echo to be fair, but the way he yeah. just like sticks his leg out is just not oh, it's horrendous. It's, it's like something we do, well, not you, Dave, obviously because you know you, I, you I, I wouldn't be that far life. back in the own box. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of a, a, a indoor footy or a five side, and you just fucking bollocks at the end of the game, and you, you just give up. You know yeah, that's not acceptable like, in, yeah. in professional football. But uh, from, yeah, from the, the minute we 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 go two up, that makes it comfortable and. Obviously, Cody's uh, taken his uh, goal really well too, which will do his confidence no harm. And uh, I was fuming, you know, because yeah. he he should have played Darwin in and he didn't. Yeah. It's, it's lucky, <laughs> it's lucky that he scored that because even after yeah. he scored, I was like, "You greedy bastard! You should have rolled yeah. Darwin in." I was, I was saying to you guys during the game that like the mo for this, the whole second half should be to get to get Darwin a goal. Yeah. And the players did not get the memo. No, at they, all, didn't. Did they? they did not. <laughs> So many times, like they just ignored runs and that. And I, I want to talk about the offsides as well because he was offside a few times tonight, and some of them would not have been given with VAR. So there's that as well. But having said that, how refreshing was it to not have any of that shit? Just let oh, the referee emerge and just do the job. Oh, Even yeah. though Darwin's was offside a few times. Yeah, he's put the flag up, and it's a really tight decision, and he's he's wrong by like a couple of millimeters. That's fine. Do you know what I mean? I've got no problem with that whatsoever. I would much rather have that than all the other shit that we get every week. So really enjoyed the fact that there was no VAR interfering with this game. Mm -hmm. Um, Is is that going to be the case? Is it back? Why? Yeah. Yeah. What's the point? Is that because? Is it because Middlesbrough in Middlesbrough and who did they beat? Port Vale. Um, Port Vale. Is it because of them? Because no, they it's... haven't got the technology. So if one team hasn't well, got it, then play... no one has. I don't know what it is, but probably because it's easier to get the technology in every ground for just four teams than it is to get them in for the entire tournament. So, but there's no need, is it? It's like, it, no, like just, you say, it was a real nice respite for yeah. it to just be able to watch a game of football and know that the goals going in were going to count. And to know that there weren't going to be any like really spurious penalties or red cards, yeah. or there wasn't going to be any t- time taken off the clock just by like pointless reviews. I think the League Cup is actually becoming my favourite competition for that very reason yeah. alone. It is a fact. That, like, you know what's a good yeah. example of that was Mo's goal because it, mm. it was like it, Mo, Mo goes through, and obviously when you see the replays inside his own half, when it happens in real time, you just see a ball gets played through. Mo's running miles clear, so you, I'm sort of trained now to be thinking, "Oh, okay, he might score, but it's probably going to get looked at, and we're going to have to wait." You know, because you, you just get used to that, don't you? But this mm-hmm. isn't that. It's like if he's offside, the flag would have gone up, rightly or wrongly. The flag didn't go up, so you know, okay, this is not getting pulled back. He's clean through. Let's see what happens. And you didn't have that, like, you know, that hesitation where you're like, okay, there's no point celebrating this because it's, it, it could get pulled back. So as soon as the flag doesn't go up, you know it's okay, and he's through. And it's just so refreshing to, to, to experience that again. Yeah. Yeah, after all They could use shit. that as a marketing tool, couldn't they? It'd be like... Come and see throwback football, yeah. <laughs> where you can enjoy the game like you used to. And um, we, joking aside, yeah, they, they could. They could they yeah. And we've mentioned this so so many times on the pod. Obviously, we're speaking about VAR again tonight in a match where VAR hasn't been used. But uh, VAR, that, <laughs> this is the proof that VAR has taken 
the enjoyment out of football because it was a juice tonight and you could celebrate and not be thinking in the back of your mind, is it going to go to uh, uh, the uh, VAR uh, room and uh, how long is it going to take? I mean, so many things, uh, so many games have been spoiled uh, for us uh, and other teams as well. But uh, even for us this season, um, uh, whether it's goals or red cards, this pause in uh, in the play is just uh, it's demoralizing and uh, mm-hmm. ju- just we said it before and I think most of us on on uh, the pod uh, more or less agree with this just get rid of it because mm-hmm. uh, even though tonight there are probably decisions that would have been uh, reviewed in our favor uh, with VAR uh, who cares mistakes happen but um, yeah. just yeah. D- don't take uh, the enjoyment and the ecstasy or agony of a goal away away from us just yeah get rid of it and t- tonight is is a prime example of why football is better without a, without VAR yeah good stuff man yeah absolutely just um, back on, on the offsides with Darwin I got sidetracked oh, okay. no because right. no Tell I was making really a point so and then I got sidetracked because of the whole like VAR discussion because he was given offside when he wasn't but the, there was other times where yeah, they've just got to play the pass earlier because the thing yeah. is he runs so fast. Once he goes, you've got to play the pass because he's moving so fast. If you delay, he can't slow himself down when he's when he's took off. So you've just got to play the pass earlier. And and too often, we, we just we're not attuned to it yet, and we should be after yeah. all this time. And it's easy to say all oh, time he runs better, but you watch him and he is like he's holding back. And then when he decides, okay, I'm gonna go. It goes well. That, that's when you've got to play the ball, and too often it, it's it almost got to go first time. It's it's almost got to go once you get on the ball. You look up and you see he's going to go. It's almost got to go then. There's you know you can't be you can't be carrying it with him because teams yeah. are wise to it now. Like you can step up and you can catch him offside every Just single run time. Run with the so, ball, running, running, yeah. running with it. It's like no, you've got to play. And I don't even think you need to look a lot of the time. You know he's there. You know he's running. Yeah. Knock it into the space and just let him go. It's it's frustrating. This might be a good. This might be a good argument for playing him on the left a little bit as well, because that way he can look across the line a little bit more and, you know, see where everybody else is, so he can sort of time his runs a little bit better. Um, but he was he played on the left tonight and he was still offside four or five times. Yeah, so, I don't think that's going to um, make any difference. All right, fair enough. <laughs> but it's a discussion as to whether he should play on the left or not for the time mm-hmm. being. I do think. Yeah, that's I think he like, should. Yeah, um, somebody, well, I, don't, I didn't take a note of it, was, but someone asked that question on Twitter and they said about they think that Diaz can play through the middle. They've always Chris thought L20 that. Chris L20 said. Yeah, so he, he yeah. said like he's always wanted to see Diaz playing through the middle because he feels like he's suited to that and he could do some like Suarez-esque type things, obviously not as good. Um, <laughs> that was his words, not mine. You know, he was just clarifying that which is but they are your words though oh yeah yeah i totally well. totally <laughs> care with it, but no i'm just yeah. I, I don't want to misquote him he was making that mm-hmm. point yeah. but i don't know if that'll work or not but i, I do think it's worth looking at because diaz has given us very little from the left at the moment he's not he's not going past people and he's he's coming inside all the time anyway he's just popping up in central positions all the time so yeah, yeah maybe maybe like if he's on the pitch which happened tonight actually Darwin stayed on the left when Diaz came on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Diaz did go through the middle. Didn't really get a chance to do anything. He was only on like 10, 15 minutes. But mm-hmm. something that might be worth looking at in, in um, 
over the next few weeks maybe yeah, yeah. definitely uh, i'm up for anything involving the, the good thing about those lads is they are quite versatile aren't they john yeah. like yeah. you know we, we we do see them pop up all, all across the front line and so it's you know it's not a bad problem to have we can experiment it doesn't have to be as well it doesn't have to be like uh you're playing through the middle you're playing on the left you're playing on the right like we can switch it up every 10 15 minutes exactly. so if necessary keep team keep teams guessing and you know and then stick with what's working so what it's a really Diaz good point right? what, what do you think about that well i thought that might be a good idea at the weekend because we had mo who always wants to cut in and we had um Diaz who always wants to cut inside onto his onto his shooting foot and we had nobody overlapping them so I'm fine with giving that a try like having Diaz on the right and then he's sort of like driving to the byline and yeah. crossing with his right foot so you know so, I'm we got to try something to get him going anyway yeah we like, do either way persisting with what we're doing is is not the solution no. so I I think we need to make peace as well I'm speaking for myself here with the Sadio Bobby Mo uh, era where. There was no chance of uh, uh, adapting in the game. Sadio was on the left, Bobby was the focal point, and Mo was on the right. Um, and you expected that every week. And it's, I mean, if you ask most fans, it'd probably be Mo on the right, uh, Darwin in the middle, and Diaz on the left if they're all playing at their best. But um, they kind of don't measure up. I think you mentioned this, Chris, to that, that front three. Uh, of a few years ago I mean how could they uh, and I think we just need to be more uh, adaptable in, in uh, during the games even uh, wh- why not switch it up uh, um, and it's not working at the moment for Darwin through the middle I think he he'll, if he plays out on the left he has more space he's he's pretty good when he cuts inside I mean tonight um, uh, he's not scored but I mean, the keeper has made a really good save uh, onto the post, hasn't he? And yeah. um, mm-hmm. how many times has he um, hit the bar, um, hit the post this season? He's been really unlucky uh, tonight. So, At least five, and, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, so I, I, I do think he... I mean, if you add those five, um, I mean, it's all ifs and buts, but if you add those five uh, shots that he's hit the post or the crossbar, I know some of them have have been probably you know unmissable uh if you add those to stats then it, his stats look really uh much better uh, than they do now and they're pretty decent as they are uh so yeah i think definitely at the, uh, at the weekend and going forward for the next um uh, couple of months uh it's it's uh it's a it's a pretty good idea to uh, to to experiment a bit and uh, down around the left he has it through the middle and obviously Gakpo has uh, put his hand up tonight as well uh for that uh, slot in the middle and uh, Jota is pretty close uh, to coming back to and he's really good down the left as well so uh, if we have those five uh, who can change around um, playing different positions up front I think we'll be we'll be set uh, pretty fair for the next few weeks do Definitely. you think that Gakpo plays in the middle at the weekend yeah yeah I think so yeah I'd I, I'd start I, we've mentioned the midfield but I'd start with uh uh Mo on the right uh, against Saracen, Gakpo in the middle, and um, Nunes on the left. Who will he be up against? Ben Shite. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did, why am I thinking that he, he may be suspended? I don't know if I read somewhere that he's suspended. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I, I think Gakpo is there. I, I, I mean, Diaz has done nothing uh, in the last few weeks, obviously. 
his circumstances have been horrific, but he's done nothing to deserve. Uh, he's doing nothing before that. Yeah, he? he wasn't great before, and he's. I don't think he should start on um, on Saturday, and I think Gakpo, uh, with his goal tonight, uh, deserves to start. And also, as Chris said in the pod at the weekend, you have to give him a run of games. You can't expect him to come in, uh, play 45 minutes, and then uh, yeah, be a sub in the next fair, game. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not saying that's what I'd do, but it is fair if you want to get the best out of him to do that. But I didn't think he was great in the first half. I thought he got better as it went on. But you know, the first half I'm watching him like, what's that on his feet? Are they boots or are they bananas? Because he was fucking sliding all over the place. Every time he yeah. started to run, he was like skidding, yeah. like he was ice skating or something. Um, yeah, he changed him, must have done. Yeah, he must have changed his, his studs or something because the second half, he, there was none of that. He was much better. And, and he grew into the game, really good strike in the goal. But that's the thing that he does do that well. You know, like just if he gets like a, a sight of goal, his shooting's yeah. really good. Yeah, like, you know, just strikes it like really cleanly into the corners yeah. and that. It was a Power, good, no back yeah, lift. Really like, good finish. Like, yeah. But you boys might not have seen it because I don't know what, like, if John, you were watching like the French feed, what, what were you watching, Chris? ESPN, but I think the oh, feed is the feed. So you see whatever the you saw, I probably at the saw. End? No. Oh my god! Like so, the interview, like the Sky interview afterwards, it was like it was Gakpo and Jones, and so it's just like a run-of-the-mill interview. They're just saying like the stuff you'd expect them to say, and then like uh, the woman who's doing the interview, she gives like the the man of the match thing. She hands it to to, to Gakpo, and she says, you know, <clears throat> um, well you can give Curtis like an early Christmas present because he's the man of the match tonight. And you know the way they usually just hand it over and go, ah, well, well done, mate, and then they both walk off. <laughs> and Gakpo gave a speech. <laughs> it was so funny. Because it, it, it was like it was really awkward, but it was really funny. He just he handed it to him and he goes, I just want to say, you know, um how hard you've worked for this. You know, people don't see it, but like we see what you do every day and, and what we've just seen on the pitch. That's a result oh. of all the hard work you're putting in training. So, you know, well done, brother. I like it gives it to him and then like they hooked each other. I was like, that's it was like it was really awkward, but just that's dead so funny. wholesome. Yeah, I know. He did, he just gave like it was like the Oscars or something, and he was like handsome. He gave this big like emotional speech. Oh, I was pissing myself when I seen it. It was so funny. I, 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 I have to look that up now. Yeah, awesome. I, I, I saw that on Twitter, Dave, and it was as awkward as when uh, me and you tried to do a handshake. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, handshakes. I, I don't. I don't do well with handshakes, and I know you're the same. Yeah, bad at it's like, Do you do a, a handshake people... or do you do like that? The, the high five type one. You're the fist bump or neither. No, it's hugs. You got to go for just straight in for the hug. Yeah, yeah. People definitely. try to shake my hand. Handshakes I'm always just straight in for the hug. Good. Yeah, yeah, but uh, in fairness, um, um, Cody and uh, Curtis are best made since they do that. Since they did that stuff for uh, the website yesterday, on uh, you know they go around with Darwin as well. Yeah, with yeah. Darwin giving Christmas How presents. How funny is that? Though? <laughs> <It's ace>. Darwin <laughs> randomly just doing a little like when he just threw in like you'll never walk alone in that song, <laughs> and with the teeth, yeah. <laughs> he with the teeth in it, and he's going, "How are we, lads?" <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> oh, he had gotta, no idea it, what yeah. was going on throughout that whole video. He's just standing there, just have, laughing, and that. 
If you haven't seen it, they did. They did. I think it was like a, an ad-based thing, and they did like a sort of like a carpool karaoke thing with a Father Christmas driving around Liverpool. It was yeah. Curtis and Gakpo and Darwin. It's definitely worth a watch. Yeah, it's like, it's really, on YouTube, really so look it up if you haven't seen it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's well worth a watch. But in fairness, just a question on Darwin. And Klopp mentioned this in pre-season. Uh, he's been here, uh, well, the bones of eighteen months now, and his English just seems to be absolutely terrible still. Curtis said something the other day. Though, I was seeing an interview with Curtis, and he said, "Like, um, he said his English is like way better than, is than anyone anyone realizes." But mm-hmm. it's the confidence thing. They don't want to do it. Yeah. Like, don't want to. I mean, Bobby took like four or five years before he was doing interviews. True. And like, they can they can get by in the dressing room and that. You know, it, like Curtis said, yeah. like you know, Darwin's English is like it's fine, but he's not confident enough to go and do interviews. And there was some little bits and pieces in that video where, like, you could tell he, he knew what was getting said, but it was when like the the talking to people in the street and like the singing songs he doesn't know and they're making like little Christmas references that he doesn't know, and he was just standing there, just like clapping his arms and smiling <laughs> and just like wanting to be part of it, but you could see he just had no idea what was happening. Yeah, he's yeah. nice. But yeah, it was it was really good. It was. Yeah. You know, just it's on the nice handshake that. thing, I, I just had like the the worst like flashback ever. It's like any time I think about this, I just want to die. And I I don't know if I've ever told this on the pod, but like I've I've written it in the roundups before. Like, um, it's going back to like he's doing the school run. Like Adriana was probably I don't know like seven or eight. She was in like primary school. And one of the girls in the class, like the dad, like I'm mates with him, like I'm mates with him now, play golf for him all the time. Back then we were just sort of casual acquaintances. And I dropped Adriana off and I'm walking down the road and he's coming the other way and he's walking and we didn't stop and like speak or anything, but he put his hand out for like just sort of like a drive by handshake type thing. And I went to do it and like I kind of missed. And he's got like dead big hands, and I ended up like I just, I just grabbed his middle finger, and I just kind of <laughs> shook it oh, <laughs> as dude. we were walking past each other. But as I say, we didn't stop. It was like we were both just moving, and like I grabbed his hand, and I'm like, oh shit, I've just got his finger, and I just like shook it, and then like we just both carried on walking in opposite directions, and I walked up like the the, the whole of the street, and my ass was just like clenched together. It was just with pure cringe. I was walking up the road going, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and I've never got over it it's just it's haunted me ever since so handshake so should be banned yeah although you know we probably need to talk about it like when that time when Dave and Jules hugged each other in the pub a couple of years ago and knocked Paul's tooth out or chipped his tooth or something. That was me. Do you remember that? That wasn't me. That was John. That was Mr. Awkward himself. Is yeah, John. Yeah, John. Yeah, the only John person who's more awkward than me. <laughs> yeah. you've John, you've always been shit at handshakes and hugs and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So... Yeah, I'm definitely blaming you for that. John's just like the stiffest man alive, though, isn't he? It's just like really well, just awkward. That's between you two, to be honest. Bigger <laughs> power. Matron. It's a compliment. Take yeah. it, John. It's a compliment. That, nice. is, is, that, uh, is that manscaping contract up for negotiation again? <laughs> no, no it's blue chew. The blue chew. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they're throwing loads of money around sponsoring like pods and stuff, so you never know. Get on. Well, we'll give it a whirl, see what happens. <laughs> we'll take on that hardship. Um, so, yeah. So, um, to speak. So, yep. We make uh, three subs on 60 Minutes, and this goes back to a point that you made, John, about 
it being sort of the perfect night in terms of the players we were able to start and rotate and then get players enough minutes to be able to, you know, keep them sharp and at it for Saturday, Trent, Canate uh, and uh, Salah came on. I thought it was interesting that Trent went straight into midfield. We haven't seen that before, um, you know, so that was that was something. He's, you know, no pissing around with hybrid situations there, straight into the midfield. Um, and then the commentator said on 65 minutes that West Ham had had tw- uh, zero shots to R21. It took to the 70th minute until they had uh, their first shot. And then they scored with their other only shot, um, Bowen, great player, love him, would love him to come play for us. Uh, cuts inside Quanzer. The only time Quanzer didn't really cover himself in any glory in the whole night, really. He's kind of quite easily has the ball taken off him. Great. Good finish. I say good finish yeah, from um, from Bowen. But, um, but yeah, um, I, I suppose... Quanzer's a bit unlucky because I think he's trying to keep him off his left foot, which mm. he would do, and no one's expecting him to hit a shot like that with his right. It's a brilliant finish. I, yeah, I, he's I, such a good player. I mean, uh, just uh, Bowen is a great finish, but just on Kwanzaa, um, he hasn't had a lot to do tonight because obviously they've been abject. Uh, but in terms of his uh, distribution, he is brilliant, uh, really mm-hmm. technically so good. And those yeah. well, the uh, first goal as well, John tonight. Yeah, he, his yeah. interception and, yeah. Uh, yeah. and plays a good pass to Sobersly and. Yeah, because, because if he doesn't uh, intercept that, we're kind of exposed at the back. He he uh, he intercepts, uh, lays it off, and uh, uh, obviously we get the goal from that. So we've had this debate as well on the part about uh, what's an assist and what's not. I think you can count out, obviously the pass is easy, but uh, the interception uh, to allow him to do that pass is uh, is really good. Um, and just his crossfield uh, passes, especially in uh, the first half to Costas, just he's pinging kind of 40, 50 yard passes like Virgil has been doing for years. And yeah, uh, yeah he's so good. And um, he's put it this way if Canati gets injured, which probably will happen with his history, I would have no. Um, no uh, qualms about uh, him going inside, uh, in alongside uh, Virgil. I think he's, yeah, he's obviously not completely ready yet, but uh, I think he's somebody you can definitely trust, especially with somebody like uh, Virgil uh, alongside him. So yeah, definitely uh, one for the future and even for the rest of the season. I think he's going to play a big role for us. Yeah, did so you see what? Size what? Is getting bigger now, isn't it? So, what's that? The sample size is getting bigger. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. But did you see before the game what Klopp said about Bowen? Mm-mm. No. He um, he described him as like uh, either my favorite player in the league or one of my favorite players in the league, other than my own boys. So he, make him our boy. Yeah, he obviously mm. loves him. My only worry, if we signed him, would be. Um, Harvey, I guess. Like, I think Harvey could become him, maybe. Um, but I love Jared Bowen. He's my favourite non-Liverpool player. I think he's fucking ace. Um, so yeah, he does. He does get his goal. I think he's scored at Anfield before, hasn't he? Scored, well. scored he's definitely. Yeah, he always scored against us before. Yeah, or something. diving out there, um, got in front of Virgil, didn't he? Scored and goal. the only, the only um, thing missing from tonight's performance, Dave, as you said, was a goal for Darwin. And um, it did almost come 10 minutes from time. He hits the post again. Good save. Mo pops it 
wide with a bad miss, but that would have just really been the the icing on the cake for us tonight. The the, yeah. the key to just a perfect night. Real shame. I was wondering whether like when Klopp made those changes, I was like, just leave Darwin on, leave him on. He needs a goal, mm-hmm. and there's a chance here for him to get a goal. Don't, there's no point taking him off. So when he did that. My first thought was, yeah, great, he's, he wants Darwin to get his goal, he's left him on. But then I thought, hmm, has he left him on because he's maybe not going to start him on Saturday? So then, and then I started getting, like, second-guessing myself there, whereas my first thought was he just wants him to score, uh, so he's leaving him on, because it's not a particularly strenuous game where, like, he'd be worried about, oh, he's done too much run and he's going to be knackered. So it'll be interesting to see what team we pick on Saturday. But yeah. Moe's took his goal brilliantly. Like, it's a really good goal by Mo. That was literally the only foot he put right in the whole time he was on the pitch. <laughs> he was unbelievably shit. Some of the things he was doing. I was like, well, what the hell's going on there? But then to be able to just like take the goal the way he took it when everything else was just not going well just shows you like that that's that goal scorer mentality. Cause like yeah. and I think that's where Darwin's lacking because if if he's having a game where everything's shit you would not back him when he's going through on goal like that. But there was yeah. never any doubt that Mo wasn't going to score that. Speaking of Mo's goal, and I'm not sure if they mentioned this on your guys' commentary feed, but when Mo scores, it generally is accompanied by a record, and he scored more goals against West Ham than anybody else last <laughs> night. So that's his record for tonight. He's the all-time yeah. leading goal scorer against West Ham United, which is yeah. you know pretty good. His, that know. surprised me, though. Yeah, I mean, Rushy played for a lot of years against yeah. West Ham, so... When, yeah. Yeah, his his numbers are just unreal. Even this season, he's uh, played 24. Uh, that's another thing about Mo, which we've mentioned so much on the podcast. We've played 26 games in all competitions uh, this season, and he's figured uh, in 24 of them. Uh, so he, he's just... Um, probably fuming that he didn't yeah. feature in the other two. Yeah, <laughs> and he started out of the 26, he started 20. And he's out of those twenty-four games he's played, he's got fifteen goals. So he's uh, on course for another, you know, thirty goal season, which is yeah. unbelievable. Uh, he he's just so good. Mm-hmm. And this has been kind of, uh, you know, in, in cricket when you're waiting to get uh, that run to get to century or ninety-nine, he's been stuck on uh, is a hundred ninety-nine uh, for a couple of weeks now with uh, in the league. Um, didn't he get it against Sheffield um, United? Yeah, he got it because uh, no, it was Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace. Did he get yeah. to two hundred? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they done him a shirt with two hundred on the back, oh, didn't he? Gave it to him. Oh, in the they, dressing room. oh they gave him that goal, did they? Oh, they yeah, did on the moon. <laughs> yeah, Harvey was joking, <laughs> saying it was a it was an own goal, okay. but no, he, he got credited. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah, they gave him there the big fucking ceremony in the dressing room afterwards and yeah. the training where they gave him a shirt with two hundred on John. Yeah, sorry, I totally missed that. Come day. on, get with the program. You're on a podcast now, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Research there, and he's fucking yeah. knowing that and something as basic as that. Right? <laughs> yeah, edit that. Um, is that does that mean we got another we've got another goal in the forty two? Is it forty three now then if you haven't been counting that? Yeah, one? did you not count that? Yeah, I don't count a deflection, so uh So it's forty three, not No, 42. it is definitely forty two. It's definitely forty two. Okay. Can, can you just uh, edit this part, Dave? No, it's not getting edited. No. Well no. anyway, I was going to say spoiled. Can John Watson's got a start wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say uh, it'd be great if we got to 200 against Arsenal on a Saturday but uh, that's just fucked up my whole uh, argument 
Yeah. Sorry about that. All right. If, I mean, we'll, we'll all be delighted if he gets to 202 on, on yeah, Saturday. Definitely. So, um, yeah. And um, yeah, you're right, Dave. He did take his goal well. It's kind of like a classic Salah goal, really. Breaking through the lines, running from his own half. The ball's played through. He's clean through. He just buries it at yeah. the cop end. We've seen that probably like 100 times of his 201 goals. So uh, great to see that as well. On that as and well, though, Chris, I think it needs yep. to be said. The second that that ball landed at Trent's feet, you're immediately going, oh, you're in trouble now. Mm-hmm. You just know. like, if, As soon as it comes to Trent, you know he's, he's just going to pick out a runner. And yeah, sure enough, just perfect ball, no runs through scores. But like Chance so hit the one player need. on the pitch, you just do not want the ball falling to you there. Yeah. Maybe that's what we need with Darwin then, to have him in there permanently and just I don't know, it's Yeah, a because someone needs to discussion. He's right. making runs, someone needs to be putting passes through and yeah, McAllister would be ideal for it, but he's not, yeah. not available or he's playing deeper. So yeah, Trent. Yeah. Fair enough. Chris, uh, for that goal, uh, I was thinking of yourself. I, I think. Uh, oh, thanks, John. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't that good. It got the blister. It, in the it, uh, it, <laughs> it happens. No, I think one of your favourite. Uh, you probably have two favourite Liverpool goals is obviously the Miller one against uh, Arsenal, the winner, and uh, Moe's one against United when he's running through and in. Uh, when he takes off the short and that and that's when we think you know the league is uh, is definitely on and the kind of obviously the circumstances are totally different tonight but it's very similar in the sense that uh he ran from his own half uh just when he's on uh through on goal like that uh coming down that uh on his on his left foot uh you know exactly what's going to happen it's going to cross the keeper and there's only one outcome as dave said when that pass comes through he's, mm-hmm. he's going to finish it so yeah, and I mean, uh, was that our fifth goal tonight? That, uh, no, fourth, the, was it? It was fourth. fourth, yeah. Okay, and yeah, Curtis's yeah, yeah, is... came just just a minute or so later. Yeah, and you can um, just even see how, how happy he is <laughs> in his celebration to, to get that goal. Uh, and his stats uh, mean so much to him. So, um, yeah, absolutely fantastic. And his record this season, uh, 15 goals. And, you know, we're not even at Christmas, so... He's on for another massive season uh, in terms See, of goals I, and assists. John, I thought stats meant like so much to you as well until you just showed <laughs> yourself up there by, yeah. <laughs> by getting that wrong. Disgusted. Yeah, I know, scandalous behaviour. I definitely won't be getting back on for the semi-final. <laughs> <laughs> no, back to right. the Europa League. Yeah, back to where I belong. <laughs> Okay, um, so yeah, move, moving on then. Uh, we've already talked about Curtis's goal. Um, just a you know a lovely run, but unopposed, good finish, and that rounds off the scoring for the evening. Five one, great night's work. The semi final draw has been made thereafter, and um, we have Chelsea, which obviously is the the hardest game we could oh. have. Dave, we got Fulham. No, we didn't. We got. No, <laughs> Sorry, we spoke about yeah. this before we came on. No, I know. I I said we. I beg your pardon. I said we should. I I would have preferred that we have Chelsea. Yeah. So I had Chelsea in my brain. Yeah. So we have we have Fulham, which you think in over two legs should be a nice, comfortable route through to a probable final against Chelsea. Should be, but we saw how dangerous Fulham are. Like two weeks ago, we needed to score. Yeah. Like. People keep saying we scored four worldies to beat them. We didn't. We scored three worldies, and then Trent was like, 
a really good goal, but it wasn't like it wasn't a worldie. But yeah, we've needed like special goals to beat them at Anfield because they were really good. They then followed that up with two five nil wins. Uh, then I think they lost at Newcastle, but I think there was I think they had a player sent. Yeah, Jimenez got sent off, didn't he? Uh, mm. So kind of just dismissed that one. And then they've gone and they've knocked Everton out. So yeah, we'd have been playing Everton. Just realised that. Oh, it would have been like two legged seven. Funny, the two legs. Been yeah, nice. Throwback. Yeah, Did you see their, their penalty shootout? That last was night? terrible, wasn't it? I didn't know. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> it was airborne. <laughs> oh, it was amazing. So like they were um they were all set to go through. They just they had like one penalty left, they just needed to score. Um and, and they'd have been through. And it was Onana. And he just it's like the worst penalty you've ever seen. He just side foots it like along the floor. Like no power, straight to the goalkeeper. And then they end up like they go on and lose like eight seven or something like that. But do you know who missed like the two penalties for them? Go ahead. I seen nope. I seen somebody put it on Twitter and it was like it was Anana missed the first one and then it was um it was Garner Gay who missed the other one and I seen like a tweet someone that said like <laughs> me, who missed Everton's penalties? Rihanna, oh Nana, Garner Gay, oh Nana. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that's boss. I wish I'd thought of that one. That's like right in yeah, my wheelhouse. You're the that. only person in the world who thinks that's funny, by the way. No, like, it's, it is funny, it is. I was at your house the other day and you were still tormenting your dad with it. It's fucking... And he still doesn't know what it is, so I'll get him every time because he's got Leave no clue what's going on. Leave Eddie alone. Leave Eddie alone. But no, this, I've seen a video today of that, the, uh, the Anana pen. It's like a fan taking the video, like um, I saw that. Street. It's amazing, isn't it? So I think it's a girl. I think she's videoing it, or or you can hear a girl talking, and she's like, uh, "Go on, Anana, go on, lads, go on." No, she she said, uh, "What's he doing?" No, when like yeah, but as as after he takes the pen, the only thing that I could hear was the lad who just went, "You fucking bell end." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's the most Everton thing ever. That video it was just it just summed it up that, perfectly. That was Brownie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no Brownie, they went, you fucking knobhead. <laughs> I just saw the pen. It is bad. It's one of those where he waits for the keeper to move, and yeah. the keeper doesn't move, and then yeah, that's that's rough. Um, so yeah, I mean, two you. Fulham did cause us problems a couple of weeks ago, but yeah. two legs, you, you think we'll have yeah. enough. Um, Should do. Shouldn't be a problem. Um, I think I'd rather have had a semi-final against Chelsea at the moment. In a one-off game, they have talented players who can hurt you. So, But I'd be pretty confident, John, that we'll be lifting that trophy for the 10th time. And, and wouldn't that, like we heard Kenny talk last night in his sports personality speech, which perhaps you'd like to touch on as well, because this is a nice moment to do so, but he talked about coming back to Liverpool in 2012 and winning a, winning a trophy and how important that was to him. And, you know, it is nice that ha- that happened, isn't it? And it would be great sort of like continuing tribute to him to to raise it for a 10th time this year. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, we've won it nine times, uh, record holders in, in this competition and... Uh, I mean, this goes back to what we said about West Ham. When you're in this situation, why not go for uh, the trophy? And uh, I think that's why Klopp went uh, so uh, strong tonight. Uh, great chance now. Of uh, I think uh, the the cop uh, put up that uh, Wembley chant at the end as well, which was great. So more um, uh, f- another final on the way. Hopefully, if we can get over Fulham, which we should do over two legs. I'm not sure even how many finals that would be 
uh, under Klopp. Uh, going to go out on a limb here and say it could be around 10 cup finals uh, under him since he's uh, since he's come here and it'd be absolutely fantastic to uh, I mean every season <laughs> the season starts and you have it um, you have four uh, opportunities of uh, winning a trophy um, we're two games away from the league cup final we're in the last 16 in the Europa League and probably the favourites were the bookies favourites anyway to, to win it and we're top of the league so uh, the the three competitions we've uh, we're not top of the league, John. Well, we will be on Saturday, uh, <laughs> and I'm sure we'll we'll be at ours. But I mean, we're if we win at the weekend, we're top of the league, uh, which nobody probably expected. And I think we have a great chance of um, winning at at least one trophy this season. And uh, uh, if we can win the league cup, uh, as you say, Chris, it's the one Kenny uh, won when he came back. Um, in uh, for a second spell as manager, uh, obviously four times as a player as well. Yeah, and what he said last night uh, in his speech was uh, was so moving about how much uh, the club uh, means to him. Uh, he referenced his own family on several occasions in his speech, and obviously referenced uh, Liverpool. Um, as being his second family and everything uh, that he said was uh, selfless. You could just uh, feel that uh, he feels as a person and uh, a footballer and a manager, uh, he, uh, he owes the club uh, so much, but uh, obviously what, everything he's done uh, for the club, uh, we as fans and the club owe him uh, everything. And there's obviously lots of... <laughs> great uh greats in our history but he's uh right up there in terms of what he's done uh on and off the pitch for for everybody so uh a- absolutely great tribute uh, uh to, for him to get that lifetime achievement award last night and hopefully we can uh we can drive on this season and, and make it a, a a really good year for him and uh get a uh, one or two more trophies uh, uh for kenny Mm-hmm. Definitely, and you know, Dave. Um, you know, well said, John. Really beautiful, and I think we were all sort of, if you weren't close to tears watching that. Like I've never really seen Kenny close to tears before. Um, so it was, you know, it's almost like you, you know, when you one one of your parents breaks up a little bit. You know, you you uh, you feel that emotion a little bit stronger. But you know, he didn't he didn't say a lot in that speech last night, but he said everything at the same time it was just beautiful and moving and just as John said a mark of the man that he attributes everything that he achieved in his life to his people around him whether it's the players or you know the the people behind the scenes or his family just just what a man yeah do they ever go at the main stand <laughs> no which we you know <laughs> we'll get on to that he was there tonight perhaps Klopp was having a go at Kenny because yeah. Kenny was in the main stand but yeah we have to get to that yeah, okay. So Jürgen said after the game, and this comes after um, the weekend when the fans have been sort of holding a little bit of their own inquest into the atmosphere at Anfield, um, purely based on something that Gary fucking Neville has said, uh, which should dis- discount it immediately because, you know, who is he to, to bring that up? But like um, he's, Klopp said tonight, I wasn't overly happy with the atmosphere behind me. 
I wanted what they wanted. We need Anfield on Saturday. We need Anfield on their toes without me being in an argument with their coach or whatever. If you're not in the right shape, give yourself, give your ticket to someone else. Justified or out of order? Out of order. Partly justified, but overall out of order. Mainly just because of the last bit. I didn't like the last bit that he said. And the bit about the coach, I was like, what's that? And then I remembered how it was his spat with Arteta um, when, um, was it last year or what was the, the game when like Trent had like had a, a falling out with one of their players? Can't mm. remember who it was now. Some some dickhead. Arteta was asking for a red card, wasn't he? Yeah. So and then like the crowd gets all up for it, but I I don't like the suggestion that the crowds are only like only getting up for it when something like that happens, uh, especially coming off the back of all like the nonsense that was written and spoken about the United game when the atmosphere was not the problem in that game. The, the fans were up for that game, the fans were doing their job, but you can't do it for 90 minutes. You know, it, you, you need something to feed off, and that wasn't really happening, so you were getting lulls in the game. But as soon as something happened, like, you know, we went close to scoring, the noise was there, you know, the fans were still... It wasn't, mm. not saying it's the best atmosphere we've ever had, but it wasn't, like, noticeably shit. Where to justify like the crap that Gary Neville was coming out with, but because he's put that out there, people are discussing it, and then hot on the heels of that, Klopp saying that tonight, which I don't necessarily even think that he was referring to the weekend's game. I think some knobheads in the main stands like winds him up, which is not the first time that that's happened. You know, someone shouted something that's pissed them off, and you know we've we've seen that before. But I didn't like that bit about like. Um, if you if you're not up for it, like give your ticket away or something like that. It's like no, that's a lot of people have been saying that though in the last few days. It's not. I mean, you don't want to hear it from the manager. Obviously, us as fans and certain fan groups can say that, but you know, I'm not did, necessarily did it... sure that it's his place to say that. No, it's not. And you know what? It's. I just think it's being massively overstated. This romantic notion that the atmosphere was always amazing years ago. I'm telling you now, it wasn't. No. It's just, it, it but, wasn't. It's like, it's always been like, you get up for big games and then other games, people just go there and they just expect us to win. And, and they're not up for it, you know. I, I, don't, I don't think that this should really... If the atmosphere is shit on Saturday against Arsenal, then it's it's a talking point. It's something yeah. worthy of discussion. I don't think we're at that stage where this should even be like, you know, uh, an issue at the moment mm. because I don't think the United game was that bad at all. I don't know what's gone on to piss them off tonight. You know, as I say, probably like one, two, however many people in the main stand. He's heard stuff that he's not liked, but I'm sure he hears that most games. To be honest, because I've seen him like picking arguments with people in the main stand loads of times, and you know, it's just because people are shouting stuff that he doesn't like. And you know, yeah, if he wants to have a go back over that, that's fine. But yeah. I didn't really like the. I don't know. Maybe I'd need to see it rather than just read the quotes, because sometimes you get a different view when you actually watch him say something, yeah. as opposed to just but, reading the quote. It's like the Virgil stuff last week. You know, those quotes in isolation, written down, you could see why it looked maybe a bit disrespectful and arrogant. When you actually watch the interview, you're like, no, there's absolutely nothing wrong with what he said there at all. So, But what, he's, what he said there is it's not too far from... It's not a million miles away from Roy Keane's quotes about the prawn sandwiches and that kind of yeah, stuff that's so, ever that's since we've like it. Yeah. you know it, it gives you like we've, Feed we've used that as a license for, for 20 years to say Fergie's right your fans are shite and we'll get that back well. now yeah, yeah. Right, your fans are shite yeah, yeah. exactly yeah, that's another but, reason why I don't like it but by the same token as well like it, 
here's how I view it. And as someone who's not around as much as I want to be or as much as I used to be, perhaps you notice things um, sort of on a more uh, micro scale. Um, and I, I did think it wasn't as good as it, it could have been on Sunday. And I, I thought the same um, at certain times of the Fulham game as well. Um, I, I think as a fan base, perhaps we've just temporarily, I think, lost our mojo a little bit. I used to, I mean, when I was coming back for these games when we were the, the juggernaut Klopp 1.0 team, I just used to love being in that sort of that the heat of that arena where the you know the, the fans would get us over the line on so many games. And I think what happened at the end of the, the, the quadruple attempt season, us missing out there, not only had an effect on the players, it had an effect on the fan base as well, as did the season of the big drop-off. And we're still sort of in the process of getting that momentum back up again. And I think it will come. Yeah. I just think we're in a little bit of a strange place at the moment. Like, one thing I would use to evidence that is the fact that none of the new players have a song yet. Yeah, like, that, that's Or a, the ones before yeah. that. Like, Darwin, Gakpo... Um, you know, Solver Slime, McAllister, Endo, whatever, like uh, Graven, but like none of them have a song yet. I, not even Diaz, really, although you do hear that one, you know, around the pubs and that Which kind of is stuff. Good. It's not made its way in. I don't know why that's not getting sung in the Yeah. I so mean, I, I think we're just, that would have happened by now. We're just yeah, in a little, right. little bit yeah. of middle ground. That, so. that side of it's shit. That side of it is shit. Because there is songs for those players. You do see stuff on, on social media, like fans singing stuff in the pubs and that, and it's not translated into the ground. So yeah, that's that's not good at all. Um, but in in terms of the atmosphere, I mean, you, you saw the the United game last week, and yeah, it wasn't great. But if we scored, totally changes it, doesn't it? You know, I think like the place would have been rocking if we scored. I think it just mm-hmm. people just got like worn down because the atmosphere was great at the start, and it's just the way the game is going. It just wore people down, and it was like we're never going to score yet. And yeah, you can say that's not right, and you should keep going to the end and all that, but. That's just the way it's always been, I think. Mm-hmm. I think too much is being made of it. But it will be interesting to see what happens on Saturday because after Klopp saying what he said, the fans have got to respond to that. So, yeah, we'll see. Maybe that's what's in his thoughts. Yeah, probably is, but get yeah. get prepared for the Jürgen's right, your fans are shy chance. Yeah, yeah. And just one more thing on Sunday. I, I do think that, like, if they hadn't turned... I mean, you know, if me, me aunt had bought, she'd be my uncle. But, like, if... Um, if they hadn't have turned us around, we'd have been attacking the cop in the second half. The yeah, atmosphere yeah. would have been better, and we would have scored. Like I honestly think that I you agree. know we, we end up winning that game. So um, he said it. Um, whether it's justified or not is definitely up for debate. A lot of people will agree with it because that's a sentiment that has been expressed in the last three or four days with certain suggestions for getting younger people in the stadium, which I. I'm on board with as well because it's prohibited for young fans, but you've got like seven or eight different factions who all need to be boxed off. So it's, it's a difficult one to manage. Um, but anyway, is, do you think this is a good time to get onto, onto Saturday then? Or is there anything else you guys want yeah, no, to about about tonight? Let's talk about Arsenal. Yeah. yeah uh, just, okay, John. Yeah. Chris, just on the, on the, what he said tonight, it's probably justified, but the, what he said at the end, if, give your ticket to somebody else he, you know he can't say stuff like that and i i, I think uh he, he he has a bit too much to say about um the supporters as well i mean he wrote in his program notes uh, maybe this season or at the end of last season that uh he wasn't comfortable with the you know his song um mm. mm. uh, jorgen said to me uh, 
you know, you do your job and the fans will do theirs. And on if there was if there was an issue with the atmosphere on uh, Sunday and maybe there wasn't, I I wasn't there. Obviously, David said it was fine. It, it wasn't worse than. Uh, it, it wasn't that bad. Um, it comes from the players uh, and the team as well. Um, it's 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 not a one way street, and uh, I'm not sure that what he said tonight is going to help us in any way at the weekend. He could easily have said, um, "We had a great win tonight. We're looking forward to the weekend, and we're hoping uh, for uh, a fear atmosphere at Anfield without criticizing fans and saying, "Give your ticket away." So. Yeah, but he probably said that in the in the heat of the moment, as Dave said, he's probably got got it in the neck for some reason tonight because we we're great tonight. So I don't know why people are criticizing him. Mm. Um. So yeah, it's unfortunate that he that he said that. I think uh, tonight. So, and and the thing that bothers me as well is that if you go online, uh, on Twitter. Uh, all the media outlets have picked up on it already, and it's going to come up again in press con- probably in the press conference on Friday, and it's a distraction yeah. we don't need before Arsenal. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a shame. Yeah, fair enough. So Arsenal, um, biggest game of the season thus far, quite comfortably, really. I, I, I know the Man City game away, we you know was was also very important but this just feels absolutely massive Dave and mm. wouldn't it be just a great Christmas present for us to go and, and get a result under the lights on Saturday night at Anfield going to Christmas top of the league yeah it's a massive game especially because of the timing of it as you say going into Christmas unexpected <laughs> as well because you'd be thinking to go top of the league you're probably going to have to beat Man City well that's not the case it's you know it's, it, they're fourth that's like the, the mad thing like we've got a bit of daylight between us and them. Should be more daylight if we'd have beaten United. Like, but um, yeah, Arsenal. I'm taking them a lot more seriously than I'm taking Aston Villa for obvious reasons. They've been there before. You know, last year they had a good season. They went close, came up short. That's what you need to do. You know, it's very rare that you just come from nowhere and win the league. You know, you you, mm-hmm. you build up to that. They're building up to that. So they're dangerous. Declan Rice, great player. He's made a difference to them. I don't think they've like the best form yet. I think they've been better than us. Like you know the the, the football that they've played. I think they've played more mm. fluent football than we have. But then they're further along in like the the development as as a team and that. So um, really tough test. If it was away, I'd be expecting us to lose. It's at home, so I think we'll win. But I don't think it's going to be like the. You know some of the wins we've had over Arsenal over recent years, oh, where yeah. we've just no. rolled them over. They're, they're a different, yeah. different animal now. You know they've got a bit more about them. Uh, I think we'll win, but it'll be a close one, like two one or something like that. John, yeah, I think we'll win too, uh, and I think it's all the more important because we dropped two points against uh, United last Sunday. Yeah, um, and to be fair, if we do win, we'll be top and. Uh, if we beat Burnley then on uh, Boxing Day, which is a distinct possibility given uh, how they're uh, doing this season, we would Arsenal play next on the twenty eighth. So we could conceivably, uh, if we beat Arsenal and Burnley, be uh, f- uh, is it forty one for five points clear of Arsenal before they play their next game. Uh, so. Th- 
psychologically. I'm very reluctant to. Yeah, I'm very like, reluctant to do that. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> this backfires every time we do yeah. it. No, yeah, every I mean, time. I know it does. Don't do it. <laughs> Keep the main thing the main thing. Yeah. It's usually me doing this shit. Yeah. But even I've learned yeah. lesson. Uh, as you said, Dave, I, I, I'm even more positive than. Uh, than Paul this season. So uh, yeah, Arsenal play uh, uh, next Thursday, uh, Thursday week against West Ham at home. Hopefully West Ham will be better than they were tonight. But nice and uh, rested after yeah, the night. After, the <laughs> yeah. after, after having a week off. <laughs> and uh, yeah, j- just uh, at the weekend, I think uh, under lights. Um, uh, and th- another thing that could be uh, kind of work in our favour at the weekend is. I thought there was way too much confidence going into the game last Sunday against United. It was obviously um, because of what ha- happened last season. This isn't the case now. Again, confidence or expectation uh, in relation to the team? Uh, for the Arsenal game? Or the... Are you talking about us or are you talking about the team? Yeah, because what we think yeah. doesn't matter, really. Um, yeah. Well... Um, talking about the fans really and I, I thought there was just a kind of yeah. a little bit of complacency last Sunday whereas uh, this weekend uh, that won't be the case I think uh, the fans will be uh, everybody will be up for this game uh, the players will as well they've uh, been well rested this uh, week obviously we've played tonight but uh, he's rotated really well and I, I, I think we can uh, obviously can't base uh, what's going to happen on Saturday on uh, our, our history against Arsenal, but we have such a good record against them in the last few years at Anfield, and uh, yeah, I expect us to win. I think it'll be tight. Um, and another advantage I'd say for us is that unlike United, they're going to come and play. Um, it's going to be much more open. They're they're not going to uh, <clears throat> defend with with that um, uh, low uh, block and if they come out uh, and try to play and attack I think uh, that could suit us especially with the crowd behind us so yeah I expect us to be uh, top of the league uh, for Christmas but uh, as John said uh, Dave tough game to predict isn't it really it could be anything yeah I wouldn't be surprised if we lost at all in Arsenal and good side Uh, and our form's been it's not being good at all. Like tonight was really good, but how much can we read into that? It was a changed team. We were up against a opponent that basically just didn't show up. So I don't know how much we can take from that tonight. You like to think maybe individual players maybe feeling a bit more confident after tonight's game. But as I said, I don't know what we can take from it. It's not really going to mean too much ahead of Saturday. Um, really tough game. Good opponents, dangerous. You know they, they can hurt you in lots of different ways. The two wide players really good. Declan Rice getting forward from midfield. Odegaard is not having a great season, but he's you know he's a quality player. Um, yeah, just a lot, lot of danger. But then we can say the same thing. You know we've got players who can hurt them, and I just think their record around feels not great. That might play on their minds a little bit. As John said, not not to the point where they'll come here scared like the way United did, and it was like just curl up in the ball and hope they don't get booted around the place. Yeah. Arsenal come in like dick swinging, wanting to have a go at us. <laughs> Hopefully that does play play to yeah. to our advantage mm-hmm. because we can counter attack on them. But you know, it's anything could happen. I, I, I'm saying two one, but I don't feel particularly confidence about that you know it, yeah I wouldn't be surprised if, if it was a draw or we even got beat but I'm hoping that Anfield yeah. will be like the uh, the determining factor 
I think this has a really good chance of being the the absolute absolute game of the season. To be honest, it could be three each, four all, whatever. Like mm. it could be anything. Uh, two teams looking to go at it, playing football the right way. Um, you know, Arteta would have played. You'll never walk alone in training this week. You know, <laughs> George has in sixty years. So, so like, there'll be that as well. So they'll be they'll be well accustomed to it now. Yeah, um, I think Chris, but, as you say, there's there's nothing. Uh, almost literally nothing between the teams uh, they're on 39 points we're on 30 they've scored 35 and conceded 15 we've scored 36 and conceded 15 so they're good going forward as we are they're good at the back as we are so yeah it could be a it could be a classic this weekend mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. can't wait definitely yeah absolutely man um so dave how do you think we'll we'll set up what are you what are you going with the team selection um <clears throat> Obviously, Allison comes back in goal. I think it's going to be Trent in the the hybrid thing again. I, I'd be more than happy if we went with Gomez at right back, yeah. especially because Martinelli's really dangerous. Yeah, me too. Um, right. But I do think mm. it'll probably be Trent, Canate, Virgil, Costas, Endo, Curtis, Dom. Um, Mo. Yeah, the front three's slightly tricky. I think it'll be Mo. I think it'll be Gakpo, and it's a flip of a coin whether he picks Diaz or Darwin on the left. I've got mm. a feeling he might go with with Diaz just for the, the the fresh legs, and because Darwin is like a a better weapon off the bench than than Diaz is. So, I think Diaz definitely starts either way because because of how uninvolved he was. Yeah, that, that's what I think. I think go, Darwin's so. on the bench. Yeah. Nice and and John, who who do you think the difference maker could be for us on Saturday? Uh, well, you asked me this question last week about the United game, and I said it would be Diaz and Nunes, <laughs> so <laughs> and, uh, that didn't work out too well. Uh, I I I just wish uh, Jota was fit because he's such a good record against them, and uh, I don't think he'll be ready uh, at the weekend though. Um, I think based on tonight, um, Gakpo obviously that that will have done done him good, uh, scoring in terms of confidence and uh, Mo as well is back in the goals. So yeah, those two are, are the ones that you're looking at, and uh, hopefully Dom as well uh, based on that goal tonight and his all round performance. Uh, he's going. We we need the midfield to be really good at the weekend because they're really strong and their rise has been uh, fantastic. I mean, he cost a fortune, but he's been really good for them. So. We need a big performance in midfield. So I'd say the three I'd be looking to, to make a difference are um, uh, Dom, uh, Gakpo if he starts, and uh, Mo. Uh, he always comes up trumps in the big games as well. So hopefully it'll be the case at the weekend. And uh, I, I think the bench will be really important as well. Uh, Harvey especially. I mean, I there's a big argument for him uh, even starting this game based on recent performances. Uh, coming off the bench and even tonight he was really good uh, but I think uh, he he could be vital uh, coming on after 55 to 60 minutes at the weekend so yeah we'll see but hopefully Mo, uh, Cody and Dom will be uh, uh, the difference makers at, at the weekend Yeah, if Harvey doesn't start I'd just like to see him get enough time to either um, have an impact or um, you know um, push the game on even further in our favour, however it's going when he comes on. So, yeah. 
um, you referenced yeah, I agree this you guys in the team selection. Yeah, you referenced this, I think, uh, on Sunday, Chris, didn't you? You're kind of complaining about the fact that he came on and it was too late to really have an impact. Yeah, yeah. I think we all, I think we all kind of thought that, didn't yeah. we? That was kind of yeah. universal. That it was the substitutions were weird on on Sunday, and they, they obviously didn't work. So, um, Dave, in terms of the title, do you think a, a defeat in this game puts that discussion to bed? Um, or do you think you know whatever the result is on Sunday, we still we still have a good chance going into the new year? Yeah, whatever the result is, we, it'll feel like it's over. But whatever the result yeah. is, we've still got a good chance. We, you know, you you put like five, six, seven wins together, and it it just makes a massive difference because everyone's going to be dropping points. It's not like you've got to get hundred points to win it this year. So it'd be a big blow if we do lose to Arsenal. A draw isn't the end of the world. It keeps us level with you know like the keeps things as they are where we're neck and neck with them yeah but um yeah if we lose it doesn't really it doesn't rule us out of anything because if you just go on a good run in the new year you're back up there anyway but it will feel like if we get beat it'll be proper depressing and on the flip side of the coin john a win is an apt a win and a good performance is potentially a massive springboard for us going into the rest of the christmas period in the new year yeah big time i mean uh, historically, uh, teams who have been top at Christmas have always, uh, um, well, nine times out of ten, gone on to win the league or finish in the top two or, or three. Um, unless it's us. Unless it's us, yeah. Um, but, uh, and we play Arsenal actually really soon as well. Um, the way the fixtures uh, fall, we play them on the 3rd of February, uh, which is uh, a month after uh, the game. Uh, uh, this weekend, wow. um, and the FA Cup game in between. As FA well. Cup game in between, um, and the Christmas period is uh, huge. I, I mean, uh, it seems we have loads of fixtures over Christmas. It seems really congested, but in fact, so we're playing Arsenal on um, Saturday, and then we're playing Burnley away on Boxing Day, Newcastle on New Year's Day, and. Then we have no league games until the 21st of uh, January. So we have a three-week uh, hiatus uh, in the league. So the, the, the next uh, three games, you really want to be looking at oh, seven points out of nine, obviously hopefully nine out of nine, because uh, if not, you have that. Uh, it's like when you draw or lose a game before an international break, then you have that 10 days or two-week mm. uh, period before you get back into action. Um, so if we can get nine out of nine uh, over the Christmas period, um, final game against Newcastle on uh, New Year's Day, that means we're guaranteed uh, to be uh, top of the league uh, up to the 21st of January. So huge uh, 10 days coming up. If we can get through the next 10 days with uh, seven or nine points, I think that really sets us up for uh, a strong second half of the season. Yeah, good stuff, man. Dave, anything else you want to add? No, no. I think we've covered everything. Yeah, good stuff. John? Yeah, all good for me. And just uh, hopefully we'll, we'll do the business on uh, on Saturday. It should be great. And uh, uh, if we win top of the league at Christmas, it'd be fantastic uh, for, for everybody to, to go into Christmas Day just uh, sitting on top of the table. Yeah, yeah. definitely. 
Lovely. Um, so yeah, uh, a really good performance from the lads tonight, as we've alluded to throughout the podcast. Um, kind of perfect, really. Like uh, David Moyes' West Ham provided a perfect little practice match for us to, to get some match sharpness, kind of a warm-up fight, if you will, before the big heavyweight title clash on uh, Saturday night under the lights at Anfield. 5.30 kickoff. Um, so yeah, hopefully we'll be going into Christmas uh, very happy, very merry, at uh, top of the table, big game. Um, <laughs> I almost became Steve McLaren there for a second. <laughs> big game, sh- <laughs> Champions League. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll, be, we'll be sitting pretty. So uh, thank you so much for listening to this. Uh, we appreciate your support too much. Dave and the boys will be back uh, after the Arsenal game as soon as they all get back from Anfield. But until then, we'll catch you soon. best word I can say but uh, we'll describe this was boom <laughs> 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 Ooh.